Hi, Wool Academy podcast listeners. This is episode 124. And today I'm really happy to have the chance to talk to Nora and Victor Jelinek. They run the company Visual Narrative and they don't work in the wool industry as such, but they are experts in storytelling. And as you, if you're a regular listener of the Will Academy podcast, you know that storytelling comes up again and again in different episodes. So I'm really, really happy to have the chance to talk to these storytelling experts. And I do hope you get a lot of information out of this and a lot of ideas for your own storytelling. I'll talk to you again at the end. Enjoy and bye for now. So today is actually a little bit of a different episode because we will not be directly talking about wool, but we'll talk about a topic that very often comes up in other interviews and that's storytelling. So I'm really, really happy to have some experts on storytelling with me today. And I'm happy to welcome Nora and Viktor Jelinek. They're based in Prague. And I really look forward to our discussion today. How are you doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, so it's, uh, it's raining, but uh, it's it's fine. <laughs> so. Yeah, we we just discussed that it's February when we just when we're recording this, and that we're kind of ready for European spring to arrive. <laughs> but I think we need to hold on a little bit longer. <laughs> but yeah, maybe we'll just start our conversation by you introducing yourself a little bit more in detail, and also telling us what visual narrative is. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having us here. So yeah, as you said, I'm Nora and this is Victor, uh, my husband. And together we founded Visual Narrative. Uh, it's a creative studio um, and we focus on photography. We help businesses to tell their story basically through visual imagery, through visual materials. And We believe that's the way forward, how to connect people to what businesses are doing and how to um, build the relationship with them. Uh, besides that, we also founded a nonprofit. We support an orphanage in Tanzania. It's called We Care. And there we kind of um, show how um, visual material can help uh, people to relate to others and especially those uh, they never met. Okay, yeah, and we're gonna uh, get really into details of, of what you're doing. Um, and I really look forward to that. And I want to get us kicked off with what you have written in your LinkedIn profile because we connected already quite a few, uh, some time ago. Mm -hmm. And I really liked how you described yourself and I'm just gonna read it, you say, You're exploring the intersection of art, business, and sustainability. So describe this intersection a little bit more to me. It, it makes me really curious. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, actually, this all started when I was writing my bachelor thesis. And at the time, I felt there is a lot of uh, theories and methods and guides on how to build a su successful business or how to build it successful sustainable business or how to connect uh, art and business because those two worlds are very different uh, for a lot of people 
And I thought, and they usually combined those two out of three. So either business and art, business and sustainability, sustainability and art. But I didn't feel there was enough discussion and none that I could find that would uh, explore the theory behind it uh, in more detail, connecting all those three together. And I felt that the or businesses in general have the highest potential um, to reach uh, within uh, the intersection of these three. So there is a lot of uh, detail to it because you can um, incorporate art into a business in so many different levels. So you can have it, um, you can have a painting um, as you do in your office, that's one way, or very physical. Uh, then you can have it as an entertainment. Uh, people, usually colleagues, go out and uh, watch a movie or go to a theater. Or it can be a, an, in, an instrument um, using, for example, 14 building. But also it can be used uh, on a much more strategic level. So um, it can help uh, businesses to um, teach their teams uh, soft skills, uh, that's what art is very good for. And this goes for sustainability too, right? So there is very, there's so many ways how to do it. But actually my bachelor thesis was kind of the ground basis uh, of um, researching the topics and how or what kind of methodology, kind of a blueprint could be um, laid out for businesses to actually build their business within or not not only business also a nonprofit or some other endeavor within the intersection of these three so at the moment um, the the thesis is behind me obviously it's it um, I put it all together it was like the research phase and at the moment um, I'm more in an observant uh, kind of stage when hopefully one day I'll get back to it on academic level uh, again and maybe uh, put it into practice um, but for us at the moment it's also about how to um, actually try and put it into practice within visual narrative and we care. Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to talk uh, also in more detail, how you probably a lot that you discovered in your bachelor is influencing your work at Visual Narrative. And you um, you say about Visual Narrative that you use aesthetics to vocalize current global issues. Um, so can you describe a little bit that more in detail? And I don't know if that's the part where you'll also share some visuals with us. <laughs> yes, we'll try. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> there's a few examples that we have, uh, but always when 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 we're working, we we want to capture subjects or topics that are somehow meaningful, um, especially in current age when we know that if we keep going in the same direction as we are headed now, there might not be conditions enabling life on Earth quite soon. So one of the projects that we did um, in a specific example is when we visited Alaska two years ago, we took images over there and then the final images 
we printed them out, organized an exhibition and planned a few more extra ones that unfortunately ended up not happening because of the COVID-19 uh, situation yet. But uh, we saw this as an opportunity to show what many people whom we talk, can talk to either have uh, never seen or for whatever reason might not be able to visit at all. And uh, such events, we believe that they have the potential to raise discussions and discussions can overlap into other concrete initiatives. Um, then another thing, uh, and I'll try to share the screen now. Uh, let's see how it works. Yeah, works. <laughs> Do you still see it? Yes, oh. I see everything, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, so for those of you who are just listening to the podcast, I do recommend that you also look on the YouTube video to see uh, the work that we show right now. So th this, this is an example of a commission job, the, the project that we did in Alaska that was our own initiative, but um, this, this other thing that hopefully you can see on the screen um, that was a trip that we made last year um, in December. We spent 10 days in Tanzania working for a company that is currently in the transition mode uh, from B2B business into B2C business. Um, they covered the whole supply chain from the very beginning where they are in a close contact with farmers. Um, all the way to processing, shelling the nuts, uh, because this is a business that focus on uh, selling cashew nuts. So uh, we, we were paid to go down to Tanzania and spend time with the farmers, um, observing the whole process, what's happening on the way. And uh, at the end, uh, put together a private stock of images or an archive that they could afterwards use for all the all of their visual materials like uh, website ad campaigns um and social media. yeah social media newsletters yeah whatever they need for their marketing purposes or uh, as a company uh, this is a guy who started the company his name is fahad um, he was born in zanzibar in tanzania and then when he was two he moved uh, with his family to Bahrain and then when he was 10 he moved to Canada where he studied marketing and business and then he always felt like he wanted to get back to Tanzania at some point and is one of the great examples of people who got education in the west but were capable or willing to come back and give something uh, to the country where they grew up um, yeah, so this is some of the visual visuals that we captured. Um, yeah, beautiful images. That the company can use. Um, yeah, the idea is to show visually the story behind the cashew. Um, because cashew nuts are mostly processed in India and um, 
Thailand or India, Vietnam, Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam. Uh, India and Vietnam. So they get sent um, to a different part of the world to get to only get unshelled, right? Um, so we try to capture the energy, uh, how the women and the community lives uh, down there, to help build the narrative of the more than cashew brand, so that the customers better understand what is behind the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's this one. <laughs> we thought um, that we would also right away skip or transition into uh, not, not only the current global issues, but uh, we mentioned uh, the current and social issues as well, um, right away, if I can mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, in 2018, um, in our country, a lot of people had a lot of opinions about the refugee crisis that hit Europe in 2015. Um, and to some point, it is still, for many people, a topic that they will argue about and, and discuss different views uh, on the whole thing. But again, within even within our close community that where there were people who thought all kinds of things of, uh, of uh, the crisis and the refugees, despite ever meeting a single refugees. And uh, in 2018, we had a week that we could dedicate to a personal project and decided to take a trip all the way down to Sicily. Uh, we met and photographed people such as missionaries and lawyers and psychologists and refugees themselves as well. Um, we wanted to ask particular people with first-hand experience about their motivation to help and work with the refugees. Um, we heard incredible stories from refugees and our goal was to bring the stories back and talk to those around us who again do not have such a chance and actually provide experience through photography and through real stories that we were capable of touching. And then uh, last example that we have uh, is from Costa Rica um, that happened in two years, two or three years ago as well. We were still living in Denmark. Um, we were Skyping one night uh, with my family and we found out that my youngest brother, who's uh, physically handicapped, uh, happened to be playing for the Czech national team of handicapped table tennis players which we didn't know at the time because uh, there were only a few Skype calls time to time. Um, And we talked about it more and found out that we actually didn't know that much about handicap sport. And my dad offered to cover half of the cost if we went with them. And then we ended up reaching out to the National Association of Table Tennis Players and got a press pass um, and ended up having a chance to take portraits of over 90 players. Uh, We then sent the edited images and gave the players the rights to use it for their marketing purposes, et cetera. So when when we think about different projects, we always try to uh, come 
out of our background of the people that we meet that we have something to talk about some experience common experience and then look for ways of how our talents could impact their life and what they're doing so yeah that's another example <laughs> yeah those are uh, beautiful stories of you telling uh, very important stories yeah and one thing that is also connected to visual uh, your company is that you say you um, provide responsible and authentic businesses with meaningful content. So, and I think what you said so far is that you really, you're kind of picky in, in the companies you want to work with um, and, you, and meaningful content is also important to you. But can you describe that a little bit, um, how we should understand Yes. <laughs> so I'll start with the meaningful content. Uh, what does that mean to us? We define that as something that makes people ask questions, uh, makes them ponder about something, educates them um, about a certain topic, uh, gives them more information. And even uh, because aesthetics is something important to us too. So we think of ways how the imagery can sub subconsciously or unconsciously um, get them exposed to aesthetics. Um, and by this work, we want uh, to shape people's minds and um, help them to become more empathetic and caring about others and about uh, all kinds of issues. As for uh, what responsible and authentic businesses are for us. Um, I believe that behind every business is a person, right? So, or group of people. So we aim to collaborate with people who are aware of what the what the planet or yeah, in which state we are at the moment and, and have high moral values. Um, that's very important to us. And we try to think of the businesses that aren't only interested in the profit. I, I understand and we are totally, um, we totally agree on that, that, uh, that profit is very important too. Uh, though what I mean is that they care to invest the profit into people, communities around them, Uh, environment and anything and everything they kind of have an influence on. Mm -hmm. And when I think what comes to my mind in regard to meaningful content, like, I don't know, with, you know, social media becoming more and more important and everybody having websites, then it's kind of like content, content, content. So there was a phase I felt where it can, like, you know, where it was like, oh, you have to post like, 20 times on Twitter each day and you have to post three times on Instagram per day. And that kind of created this um, demand for content, but I kind of feel that it's it's like we're oversaturated with meaningless content because when mm -hmm. you go on high on, on quantity, you automatically often use the quality. So I find that term really important and also defining that I think we're, we have to move away from just content for content sake mm -hmm. but high meaningful <laughs> qualitative content 
and yeah so that what what that what comes to my mind and what i find intriguing with the work that you do and yeah also already in my introduction i said that um we often talk about storytelling and when i talk to growers um, i often ask them about how they tell their stories um what but like maybe from your perspective how how do you define storytelling and what how is it different to just a picture mm -hmm. and um and why do you think it's important okay so i like to think about it uh this way that people always loved stories they told stories before books before tv before radio and obviously internet um, that that's how they spend time, right? Uh, they talk to each other and uh, share their experience through storytelling. And for us, storytelling is, or generally speaking, storytelling is a tool that helps uh, touching not only minds, but also hearts of the people. And that's what it makes so special. Uh, when people are introduced to something and they can experience some kind of emotion during that, uh, they tend to remember it. And that's why it's so effective and efficient for marketing. As for visual storytelling, it is somehow convenient for uh, today's viewers and uh, consumers, customers, for everyone in this kind of hectic and very fast uh, way of life. So um, the person can better, I think, um, kind of indulge in the content, if, I, uh, if, if that makes sense. They be can better understand the story behind it. They can see the emotions, uh, but not only hearing, but also uh, relating um, to, to it visually. So that's, I think, what uh, helps the person better understand what he's becoming uh, part of when purchasing a certain product or cont contributing to a certain uh, NGO. It connects the two different worlds and makes um, the person want to be part of it or not want to be part of it. Mm. Yeah, and I, like I said, I see very much like so the the term storytelling comes up more and more um and also you know in, in the wood industry we have a lot of um, sustainability schemes where it's important to trace uh, wool from the farm to the end product so then the term storytelling comes up a lot as well but what i'm missing so i see a demand and high importance but what i'm missing mm -hmm. is also the willingness to to invest into storytelling and to hire a team you know who will go somewhere and take photos so um why do you think there's this gap at the moment of acknowledging that storytelling is important but actually investing in good what do you say meaningful content mm -hmm. i don't see that happening too much at the moment mm. um i think we have to state or say that that our knowledge to this is limited to what we've experienced ourselves when reaching out to clients or to people who could use our services. Um, so yeah, it's just our observation. But when, uh, what we can say is that 
most companies that we talk to do not set or determine a budget for visual content. So when we reach out, it is something that they do not even count, count on. Um, and it's been like that for years. I don't know if forever, but I, I heard an interview with Esther Havens, who is a photographer from Texas, I think, from the United States. And she said, and it was years ago, and she said, one of the things uh, it, that is part of the process, um, and she's a photographer, it's not just taking the pictures or offering my services, but I have to go and teach the nonprofits that they need to set up a special budget for this kind of thing. Because if they don't, uh, there will never be the money for it, or there will never be space even to, to have that kind of... Uh, thought process and getting to a point where where a company realizes that they actually need uh, a strong visual content. Um, then there is a lack of knowledge of facts of what visual content could do for them as a company. Um, and and probably we when we talk to our clients, it seems like they do not invest time into research and reaching out to professionals that would actually uh, told them what to do, which uh, are the different fields of uh, visual creative industries that they might need to reach out to. And uh, so, so it's, it's not only about the money or budget, but even having the thought uh, to to reach out to people who might help us uh, telling us what we actually need and part of it is visual content and then uh, a number and this might be specific for our country even though we've met some other people from other countries that are not capable of doing that either but a number of people we talk to are not capable of determining quality in the visual content and what the market has to offer maybe it's because uh, especially in our industry everyone who has a camera feels like they can take pictures and yes they can but they may not be good for a company or a non-profit endeavor that needs to use it for professional uh needs that that such a yeah company or whoever may need um so we wish we wish this this would actually change uh, <laughs> and, and hopefully through education and things like this uh people will get to know that they might actually need to reach out to people who whose work it is to create visual content yeah, and I experienced that with my clients um, where I manage websites and where, of course, it's also important to always have, you know, new content or new images. And, and you tell a lot of, um, you communicate a lot through images on a website as well. And I have one client who actually has a retainer photographer and every month there are new um, pictures and it's so helpful to keep everything fresh and continue to do storytelling and yeah and other clients i struggle uh, keeping websites um yeah freshly looking because we run out of images and and high quality images so i i experience exactly what you say and i think you already kind of touched on on my next question so 
um, but maybe we can summarize. So what do you, so how can we, over, how can companies overcome these barriers to uh, create visual content and to start telling stories? So I think it's the research uh, behind it. So what, what could visual content do for me? Um, and then reaching out to maybe even a handful of photographers, videographers, or marketing agencies, uh, illustrators even, uh, to find ways uh, that visual content could, could help me tell the story. I'd say it's those two. Mm -hmm. And would you say then when they do their research that they will also find an answer to if this investment into uh content will also you know make a change to their a positive change to their bottom line so is there a return on investment in, into content yes definitely <laughs> <laughs> i actually tried to search google search uh, return on investment uh, visual uh, content or visual imagery or something like that and there is a lot of um a lot of material, material yeah a lot of material Uh, touching this topic so I definitely definitely recommend trying to look into it and uh, yeah figuring out what would be the best for me or for the company uh, at this point we can also say from our experience even though we're not uh, those who implement the content uh, usually we are those who create it uh, so it's then usually either a marketing agency or the business itself that uses the content afterwards but um, we can talk about our experience at uh, the NGO at we care so it helps us to position our brand it helps us to create awareness uh, especially during um, offline events so people recognize us but by by our visual materials actually and this past year was what was very helpful was using photographs in our newsletters uh, that helped us raise uh, much more donations uh, that we could have uh, without that and without storytelling itself I mean written uh, written content too mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's a helpful example. And another, so we talked a lot now about companies and NGOs, but of course, I'm also always uh, interested in what helps wool growers. And mm -hmm. um, as you might have listened to some of the interviews, there are a lot of wool growers who have their Instagram account and they um, they report on what's going on uh, on their life. And I find that's also a very important type of um, storytelling and it's I think very authentic of, mm -hmm. of growers and, and and for me it doesn't need to be you know high quality perfect type of photo but authentic showing what they're really doing and what is your opinion to that um, and how do you think wool growers can can tell their stories even better mm -hmm. I definitely think it has its place uh, like this authenticity um, that can never be replaced uh, by anything else. But on the other hand, wool growers are a part of a certain supply chain and value chain as well. And I think there is a big potential by collectively or reaching out to their buyers and collectively investing into a professional imagery. Again, be it different kinds of it. 
this way they can spread the costs, the investment, but also all of them can enjoy the benefits of having the, the content. And furthermore, uh, during a certain period of time, if there is more buyers who are interested in using this content and they have and they haven't invested in it in the first place, there is always um, uh, a space for for them to get involved, to, to buy the rights ex post uh, for you or to be able to use the imagery. So I think this is, this is a way that could help more people um, think about it and spreading the costs and thus being more willing to invest because in a way it is kind of a big investment and uh, people might feel overwhelmed. So, if we again talk about sustainability um, on its own, collaboration is very big part of it. And I, as I said, I see a big potential in uh, thinking about this option too. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess costs are can get high for creating content because you have to travel uh, to places. And if you look at agriculture, they can be quite remote. And then it's it's your time and and the travel costs etc. Yeah, and my last question, and uh, yeah, tell me if if you you feel obliged to answer that. But um, we said earlier, you know, it sometimes it goes with content, 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 and at the same time also the channels have exploded. So nowadays you have several you don't know several social media channels and then you might have your website and a newsletter option and it becomes kind of overwhelming so from your perspective is it important to you know cover as many bases as you can or should you be selective and just choose a few channels what is your opinion there um, we don't think it is a good idea to use all available platforms. Um, we would strongly suggest to observe uh, a company's audience, uh, their needs and expectations um, based on that. It is then possible to, to determine where a particular audience tend to spend their time and where they look for answers. Um, it is then when a company can bring content its audience is searching for. So, so it is important to focus on a couple uh, or a few very well, um, have a strategy and meaningful content and uh, always, and we think that this is always a better strategy than focusing on all and not knowing what my or a company's audience needs actually are. Uh, and they, the audience is probably not on all the channels anyways. Mm -hmm. So it always comes to a company's particular needs and services that they have to offer because then there's a particular audience that will look for the special content that they have. Yeah. And last but not least, where can people find out or find you online? So what are your channels to look out for? <laughs> yeah, um, our website is www.visual... 
What's the name? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. Hi, hyphen? Is it a hyphen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah hyphen, hyphen narrative.com. And then Instagram is by visual narrative. Okay. And I'll make sure to link to those in the show notes as well. But for now, Nora and Victor, thank you very much for uh, explaining all about storytelling. And it was really, really interesting to learn how you approach that and how you also it, yeah, put everything into practice for your own um, NGO. And I, I thank you for, for being with me today. Thank you, Elizabeth, for inviting us. Yeah, thank you for having us. It was a Great. pleasure. Thank you and bye-bye. Bye. bye. So I do hope you enjoyed this episode and that you have uh, taken a lot away from this. If you want to find out more about Nora and Victor Jelinek and their company Visual Narrative, then head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 124. And there I will link to all the websites and social media outlets that we discussed during the show. And do check them out. I think you'll find it very interesting. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again in two weeks' time. And bye for now.